Todd McMurtry is an experienced trial attorney, Harvard-trained mediator. He's an active member uh, of the Board of Governors for the Kentucky Bar Association. He's formerly the president of the Northern Kentucky Bar Association, board member of the uh, Northern Kentucky Volunteer uh, Lawyers. This guy looks to be a guy I wouldn't want to see across for me if I were the Washington Post. Uh, but he is here to tell us exactly what happened on Monday in the Nick Sandman case against the Washington Post. Todd, welcome to the program. Glad and good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So, so why uh, did the judge? Why did the judge throw this away? Throw this out in the first place in July. The judge's initial ruling on the case uh, suggested that uh, he said that everything that the Washington Post had published uh, was basically an opinion or not related to Nick Sandman. And so when there were statements like the students were were mocking, he he said that's not related to Nick Sandman. When uh, Nathan Phillips, when the Post reported that Nathan Phillips said I was blocked and and they prevented me from retreating, uh, the judge said that that was an opinion. And so what what we did, and my co-counsel in this case is Lynn Wood out of Atlanta. Lynn and I looked at this, and and we said that there was some opportunity here to provide some additional information that might uh, change the judge's thinking. So we did that. We provided some additional video which showed more fully what happened. We provided uh, statements about uh, Nathan Phillips being basically a professional protester and a Mm -hmm. provocateur, and we said that the Washington Post should not have taken his statements at face value that he was an unreliable person and that they negligently republished a false factual narrative. And uh, uh, that, that's, that was persuasive. Uh, the court's order came out uh, just, just the other day, and uh, we're off to a conference on December 3rd to uh, push the case ahead. Well, how can, how can somebody say that, well, he wasn't talking about Nick Sandman when he became the face of it? For instance, if I say, you know, the brave protesters in Tiananmen Square, I don't mean just the guy who stood in front of the tank. But he's the guy we all think of. Now, we didn't see his face. We don't know his identity. But they've concentrated on his face. He is the face. The civil rights movement wasn't only Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther King was the image that we saw all the time. So how can this not how can this not be defamation of him? Well, with reg- it is defamation, and the, and the court, with regard to some of those statements, is going to allow us to proceed. With regard to the others, we don't agree with the court's ruling in every aspect, um, and, and that's why the judge struck some of those statements. So that's an issue we'll have to address later. I would agree with you. I think there's good law that, that says that you're right and I'm right, but right now we're just happy to be uh, proceeding with the case. Does it help, Todd, that the—well, I don't know about the Washington Post, but other outlets I know— even after they found out who Phillips was, they dismissed all of that and still tried to make Nick look like the bad kid. Correct. It it does help with the other cases because the same analysis would apply. And we went into the other lawsuits and amended those to, to make them similar to the, the Washington Post uh, case, which the judge is now not dismissed. And so we would expect that, that we'll get the same result, but we'll see. Um, and you're right. I mean, uh, plenty of other news outlets uh, 
I mean, the Washington Post has issued a editor's note on some of their uh, reporting, but uh, CNN and NBC have, have uh, never retracted. So we have seen that problem as well. How how confident are you in this in this case? Because this this case could really change reporting, I think, in a good way. Um, you know, they all had the same access that that I had and others had, and they wanted this story to be true. And so they made it true. Uh, how confident are you and what do you think the ramifications will be if you win? Well, we're, of course, confident. We're all investing an enormous amount of time and effort into this case, and we wouldn't do that if we didn't feel that we had a, a legitimate, strong case. Uh, I think that the case, when it's ultimately presented to a jury, is going to be very persuasive, even with the limitations that the court has, has placed on some of our allegations. And with regard to the effect that this case could have, well, it could protect people like Nicholas Sandman, who are you know, private figures from being attacked and ravaged by the media in the way that he was by basically sending out a, a strong warning that if you're going to attack minors or private individuals and use them as a tool in a, you know, in, in a d debate or a culture war, an attack on a president, whatever it may be, that you better think twice. So we certainly would hope that we can uh, generate change in the process of bringing these lawsuits. What's Nick's life been like since this? Well, Nick was 16 uh, and a junior in high school when this happened. Uh, he's now 17, and he's a senior in high school. I mean, his his time at school is going well, but there's there's no doubt that there have been you know many things that have happened to him uh, over the past. 10 months or so that are have been very negative. And there's no doubt that when a person like Nick Samman goes out in public, people know who he is. Everywhere I've been with him, people know who he is. And so he's, you know, constantly concerned about running into the wrong person out there. So uh, what is his that's, college? That's an unfortunate fact. What is his college admittance going to be like? What is his life on a college campus in today's world going to be like? Well, my my uh, son's a little bit older than Nick, and and he uh, two years ago had a plate of French fries thrown on him for wearing a Make America Great Again hat at his college. Um, I would think that uh, that college life for a person with that reputation is is going to be a challenge. Uh, as for college admissions, we don't know. He's applying. We'll see how that goes. Todd, we wish you well. Um, how are the cases against uh, NBC and CNN and others going? Those cases are they're currently pending on motions to dismiss, and we're just in the briefing process of those. Uh, we've substantially completed that, so I think everything's in front of the judge now, and he'll be issuing a ruling that we hope will be favorable for the same reasons that the Washington Post uh, recent ruling was favorable. Our uh, prayers are with you. Thank you so much, Todd, and best to uh, the Sandmans. Appreciate it. Glenn, thank you so much. Todd McMurtry. Uh, Murtry, um, you can follow him or find him at Todd McMurtry law.com is it the sand mans or is it the sand men sand it's the sand mans did i say this no yeah. i'm i'm just one you said the sand man so i was thinking yeah, I think it's maybe it should be man. sand men no i don't uh, but i don't think not. that's the way maybe it, not no i don't think that's the way it works exactly but thank huh. you for that all right yeah just thank curious. you for that tip mm -hmm. i appreciate it happy to help Okay, so I want to play a couple of pieces of audio for you from the same day.
Here's former President Obama dismissing the woke culture as politically ineffective. Listen. This idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. Ah. Hmm. Oh, really? Huh. Hmm. Coming from him, that's pretty interesting. Well, he's kind of in the hot seat now because he wasn't pure enough. So uh, uh-huh, the, right. The group of people that he right. first corralled uh, realized that he was a not a true believer. So he was he's he betrayed only, the revolution. He's only like 80% Marxist. Yeah. He had a few tendencies that right. led him down the wrong road. Okay, so uh, Obama, uh, talking about activism... Uh, says you got to stop with the woke culture because it's politically ineffective. <laughs> and then Michelle Obama says this. I can't make people of not afraid of black people. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I can't explain what's happening in your head. But maybe if I show up every day as a human, a good human doing wonderful things, wow. loving my family, loving your kids, taking care of things that I care about, maybe, just maybe, that work will Pick away at the scabs of your discrimination. She's flat out racist. She's a she, that's racist. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean you can't? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I can't make people not afraid of white people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. I can't explain what's happening <clears throat> in your head. But maybe if I show up every day as a human, a good human, doing <clears throat> good things, loving your kids. Well, maybe, just maybe, that will work to pick away at the scabs of your discrimination. <laughs> See, I think this works both ways. It does. I think it works both ways. I, I you know, I can't, I can't make people not afraid of black people. Well, yeah, you can. You can. You can help. You can help. By not attacking all white people. By not saying that all white people are bad. By not saying... And 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 being more like your husband was saying, but not necessarily doing, but like your husband said, you know, every time you make a mistake, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just makes you feel better, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make it doesn't help anything. It doesn't help anything. So you use the wrong term. You don't understand if you're wanting to be a good human. You're like, hey, dude, that's cool. I mean, I understand, but. That that's, that that word is like 1950. <laughs> so you know, I want to just sorry without any kind mm-hmm. of accusation, without anything else, just be cool with one with one another. And the same thing goes with white people towards black people. But right now we are in reverse discrimination, and even that is proof of it. Because you're saying there is no such thing as reverse discrimination because of the hierarchy. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. If we all are created equal and we're all the same, then you should, two wrongs don't make a right. 
But maybe that's maybe that's just me. Uh, here is Bloomberg on the Democratic primary field. Listen to this. It's just X number of months later, nothing's changed. You know, I, I have my reservations about the people running and the way they're campaigning and the, the promises they're making that they can't fulfill and their unwillingness to really uh, admit what they what is possible and what isn't and their inconsistency from day to day and location and location. This is not the ways to run a railroad. This country is in real trouble. We need somebody to pull people together. And when they say, I'm not going to talk to somebody from across the aisle, this is our country. What do you mean you're not going to talk to somebody from across the aisle? We've got to work together. And I don't see that. What a uniter. What a uniter. And I love the way he mm. talks about, you know, there's no way to run a railroad. Last politician that talked about the railroads working was Mussolini, but I digress. Uh, he, listen to this. Here's a reporter talking about how Trump is actually a recruitment agent for ISIS. Listen to this. He's a recruiting sergeant for ISIS, Chris, in so many ways. Tony mentioned the whole oil argument, which has obviously been a narrative for a long time. He also is someone who is an Islamophobe, which obviously helps groups like ISIS recruit disillusioned, angry young men from across the world, not just from across the Middle East. Uh, He's featured. He's been featured in ISIS recruiting videos, and his Muslim ban has definitely been a recruiting ad for ISIS. So in many ways, he helps, uh, quote, unquote, the enemy. Okay. Um, Now, how is it? How is it that... It is our presence in the Middle East that is the recruiting arm of ISIS. Our presence there mm-hmm. makes them want to go fight us. So here you have a president who just doesn't just say, I'm going to get out of the Middle East, actually has been shutting things down actively. Uh, and he's the recruiting Person, yeah. he's he's like, get the hell out of there. I don't want anything to do with it. It's a really good point. I mean, how is that possible? Um, by the way, a recruit, a recruiting poster. He's the guy. He people want to join ISIS because we almost wiped all of them out. <laughs> yeah, I want to sign up because the bombs are coming now. Yeah, and it's not like they weren't. They weren't pissed at us before, but now they are. Now they are. Now yeah. they are now because they are. because Trump said some colorful things about the way one of them died. Oh, I can't take that. I can't take yeah. that. I cannot take the fact. Of course he said that. Mm-hmm. Of course he said that. And of course, I, I mean, did anybody really think that al-Baghdadi was doing that? Why did, why did President Bush always call Saddam Hussein Saddam? The first President Bush. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that was H.W., wasn't it? Uh, well, they both. I think they, I think they both did it. George but, W. I know too. George H.W. Yeah. did, yeah. but I think it was it, both of them. It seems to me that that was an insult. It's an insult. Yeah. Saddam Hussein is an insult. It's Saddam Hussein. So it wasn't because I remember people going, he doesn't even know how to pronounce the name. He <laughs> did, did it, it intentionally. Mm-hmm. What do you think that. Oh, he was whimpering. He died like a dog in a tunnel. A oh, coward. He, he's making fun of dogs. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jeez. He's sowing the seeds of doubt. And I love mm. the fact that the press was like, well, we went to the Pentagon to find out if there was any footage of that and him crying. Now the latest is Jimmy Kimmel. 
Jimmy Kimmel came out on Monday, and yeah. the White House is now asking for an apology. We well, just flat out lied. Lied. Made it up. Yeah, he said, basically he said, the president was out golfing, and he wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. And they didn't tell him because they were afraid that he was going to tweet about it. Uh, no, Jimmy, no, he was there. He was there. He actually went as far as to say as that those pictures of President Trump watching it, that that was a photo op. That was a setup photo taken later. Wow. I mean, they didn't say wow. anything about Barack Obama literally, verifiably going upstairs and playing cards with an intern because he couldn't watch what was going on when they were killing Osama bin Laden. He would come down from time right. to time and then he'd be like, oh, I can't watch this. And so he would go upstairs and play cards. Yeah, okay. with his with his basketball buddy. Right? Yeah, was well, it basketball buddy? Yeah. I it, knew it was somebody that yeah. was like... Uh huh. You, you went up and played uh, yeah. cards. Your troops are on the line, and you're playing cards because you're such a girl. <laughs> and I, no offense to twelve-year-old girls, because most twelve-year-old girls could handle what they were seeing in the Situation Room. So I don't mean twelve-year-old <laughs> girls. Maybe eight-year-old girls, because after all, isn't that the little pink bike and the helmet that he? <laughs> oh my gosh, he was such an embarrassment. Ah. <laughs> uh. America, maybe soon our long national nightmare will be over. I don't know when. I don't know how. But soon it's got to end, doesn't it? More in just a second. And your phone calls, 888-727-BECK. We'll take some of your phone calls now. 888-727-BECK. Stand by. Uh, welcome to the uh, program. Uh, I want to go to uh, Karen in Virginia. Hello, Karen. You're on the Glenbeck program. Good morning. How are I you? I know how you're doing, so I won't waste time there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Karen, Karen, Karen. Are you going to watch the special tonight? Of course. I watch you every day. Thank you very Even much. from when I'm in Europe. Uh, you go to Europe often, and then you, uh, you watch from there? I do. How, where do you go in Europe, and how are things? I just came back from the Ukraine, Ooh. and uh, I was there for six. I was in Kiev for six days. I went to Chernobyl for two days. What is that and like? I've always wanted to go to Chernobyl. What is that like? It's the biggest waste of time <gasps> you'll ever. No, imagine. really. Yes, the most interesting thing that I saw there. They have a team that came in from the UK, and they have this drone. And we were going into like this field where the, we, our rust belt has nothing on Chernobyl. Everything's rusted and contaminated. Yeah. But I saw this drone out of the corner of my eye, which I was trying to get a picture of. It turns out that there's a team from the UK, and they use that drone and they come in and they do the mapping to see where the contamination has risen or fallen. And they map that using this drone, and I thought that was the most interesting thing. Wow, that's a bore fest. So, uh, so, so, did you get close to any of the like the spooky playgrounds, or you know, the you don't get close to the plant or anything, do you? Uh, you you get right outside it. You're right there by the 
uh, waste, can, um, the nuclear uh, waste, where the when they pull the rods from the tower. Really? Where they where they storm the um, nuclear uh, contamination storage. Um, it's a very, it, I just it's don't know how that's not fascinating. It's what you say? It's more dangerous to go there for being injured than it is from contamination. Mm. Uh, there is, there's glass everywhere. Mm. Uh, you see... You, you, well, it's not a place I'm taking my kids to go picnicking, but... I, well, I just saved you a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so uh, how can I help you, Karen? I was just going to tell you about checking in uh, about Kiev and, and some of the stuff going on there. Uh, I stayed in a five-star hotel, and it was the craziest thing. Barely anyone spoke above a whisper, and I couldn't figure this out. There is no cash drawer. I, I paid in cash. They print out my receipt. They have you sign it. Then they wrap the receipt around your money, and it goes walking off somewhere else. And if you have change coming back, then the change comes from somewhere else. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen. And I get to my room on the third floor, and I'm taking some pictures off the balcony. And a little while later, as I'm unpacking, I hear all this noise and drum beats and shouting, and I go to the balcony to look out. As far as the eye could see, there were thousands and thousands of people marching in protest under my balcony. Well, do you know what they were protesting? Supposedly, <clears throat> they, because there's two versions, supposedly, as far as I can tell. Supposedly, they were protesting that there's a law <laughs> that the people are protesting which would allow anyone to buy and sell land. And the thing mm-hmm. about that is that means the Russian Federation come in, could come in and buy land. And that's why they were protesting. Mm-hmm. And they like to set off bombs occasionally, and they set off a small one under the balcony, more for effect than any damage. You know, there's mm. not. But it was, it's, it's a very strange place. You run into very few people who speak English, even in this five-star hotel. Mm. Uh, I spent six days there. I got only one receipt given to me, which I still find strange. Uh, and that was from the currency exchange. Wow. Um, but it's uh, it's just a, a very – I would not go back. And let me tell you, I'm saving you money. You don't have Yeah, to I know, because I kind of want to go. But, I well, mean, geez, if it... – In Chernobyl, when they talk about the Bridge of Death, yeah, didn't happen. Yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. But thanks for wrecking it again for me, Karen. <laughs> I appreciate it, Karen. You know, it's it's not a surprise they don't keep receipts. It's a very, very corrupt – Country. I mean, think about the history of this country. First, they're all wiped out through starvation uh, by the Soviets. Then the Nazis kick them out and the Nazis kill them. And then the Soviets come back and uh, take over and they're under the Soviet rule uh, until the wall comes down. I mean, they don't have any idea what real freedom is like. They are just scrappy people who just everybody's in it for themselves because that's the way it's always been. Let me go and John uh, to John in North Carolina. Hi, John. Yeah, hi. Hi. Hi there. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Sure. It's a pleasure, sir. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, you were talking about Michelle Obama and, and some of the things that she said, and immediately uh, what came to my mind was an old poem by Langston Hughes. And I, I, I don't I, I think it's like from the 70s. Wait, can you quote some of it? Yeah, sure. It's um, 
I play it cool and dig all jive. That's the reason I stay alive. My motto as I live and learn is dig and be dug in return. Good words to live by. Not sure I really understand it, <laughs> but okay, we'll leave it at that. Thanks, John. Let me go to Randy in New York. Hello, Randy. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having Good. me on your show. <laughs> Good. Uh, Imagine one, having that yeah. rattling around in your head yeah, it's, for your whole life. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Randy. Go actually, ahead. Yeah. yeah, actually, I just did. I just actually listened to your previous caller. He was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> but anyway, um, number one, first thing I got to say is this. Number one, I voted for Trump. And the reason I voted for him, because he's one, he's not a politician. Because uh-huh. every time a politician opens their mouth, they're lying. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, number two, uh, after this quote-unquote coop is going on thing, whatever the hell they're doing. Yeah. Once the IG report comes out, what can happen once the truth hits the, you know, the proverbial fan? What can happen to Hillary? Because I know she's involved. I, we all know it. And I have a feeling Biden, he's involved as well. I don't think that's going to be in the IG report. I don't think that will be in the IG. No. And stuff like that. No, I don't. I don't. uh, I don't think so. I I think what you're going to see is a lot of stuff that's coming out of Ukraine uh, and you're going to see some low, lower tiered people. um, And I will explain this. You have to watch the special tonight because this is part two. Uh, and uh, this was going to lead right directly into part three, and you have to know all of the facts to be able to get to part three. Um, And this one is talking about what they say is happening, but you will see once you understand their scenario and what they're pitching in the media and how the media is working with them, when you see that, you'll realize they are really guarding the past and they are trying to dismiss anything that happened in the past. And that's where you're going to find Hillary Clinton and all of those people. You're going to find them uh, connected to the State Department. She was Secretary of State. Uh, not a coincidence, as you will find out and grow to find out. Um, but she was Secretary of State. Uh, those are all the people that are being called to testify against him now. They are protecting the core uh, and you will understand that. And then when we re- release in two weeks, when we release the third episode, it will become very, very, very clear to you. And I don't think anybody's going to go there. Uh, maybe because the way you started this, Randy, maybe because Trump is not a politician, maybe he will be the one that will expose it and stop it in its tracks. And I hope that is true. Thanks for your call. Let me go to Tim in Arizona. Tim, uh, why is our, is our phones, our phone locked in? There's Tim. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Are you there, Glenn? Yeah, I am. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, uh, nice. Uh, What you guys do is fantastic. Thank you. I want to thank you for keeping people informed as much as you possibly can. Thank you. Uh, as I told the screener, his group of people that he's surrounded with are really suspect to a number of people that I know that are very much involved, retired admirals and generals that I worked with through my 37-year professional flying career. We stay in contact. Uh, I have the ability to pick up the phone and have information out of the Pentagon within 10 minutes um, because of the connections these guys keep all the way through. So you're you're saying that Trump is surrounded by bad people. 
You bet. I agree. Uh, I think the only person in that cabinet that I would trust would be Ben Carson. What do you think? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I like Ben myself. Um, he seems a little spineless to me, uh, but he's not a, he's not a politician. I I don't, I don't know who I would trust if I were the president. Um, I would, if I were president, but I have the ability, he has the ability to capture attention. He doesn't have the ability to tell a story. So if I were president, I would be telling my own story and I would be telling it clearly every day. Um, But there is no one in the administration that is helping him tell a story. And that's what he must do. Or the country, truly, the country is lost. Let me take one more phone call, Sean, in Colorado. Hello, Sean. Glad back. How are you? Good. How are you? Hey, man, real quick on the banks. I've been listening to you talk about the banks for a couple weeks now. Here's what's going on with the banks. Okay. It's real simple. So we hit our debt ceiling in May, correct? So there's no new treasuries being issued, which means no new reserves are being added to the banks. So this is why the banks started buying gold and as a tier one asset. Well, August, they raised the debt limit again. So now they're adding more uh, reserves back to banks. they got to rebuild the reserves that were not added through those uh, two months. Mm-hmm. So that's what the repos are. They're just adding reserves back to the banks to get them up to, I think it's $10 billion reserves per bank, something like that. So, so they can buy, so, want, so they will have that cushion so they can buy more government debt. Well, I guess you could say it's a cushion. I mean, I don't look at it as a cushion, but... Well, they're required. Right, it, it's required, yeah. you know, so they have to have the reserves. But what they do with the reserves are, these reserves are what's lent out in the form of loans, car loans, home loans, yada, yada, all this. Mm-hmm. And they also have, you know, they also have trading desks at these banks. They buy assets like stocks, bonds, currencies, precious metals. So this is why stocks are going to keep going up, Glenn, because they're adding all these reserves to these banks. You should buy some stocks, some good stocks. No, I, uh, I'm aware of that. I think the stock, uh, you know, I said, uh, what, a year and a half ago that I thought we were headed towards a melt up, uh, which is going to be a huge spike in stocks. And then eventually that comes crashing down. Uh, because I think stocks, you're right. I think uh, stocks are where the inflation is. Stock is where the money is going uh, from the big uh, investors and not the regular person. But you have to be really, really careful. Sean, thank you for your phone call. Appreciate it. So another doctor has looked at uh, the autopsy results of um, of uh, R- R- Jeffrey Epstein and uh, has said that these bones that were fractured in the neck were much more common in homicide than suicide. In fact, he said they're extremely rare in suicide. Uh, but we all know it was a suicide, right? So, <laughs> well, it's already been declared a suicide. Yeah. So they, they took care of that a long time yeah, ago. They had no problems doing that. Now right. there's ah, come on. some conspiracy theories. That- well, I mean, because people just make such a big deal out of the fact that the video feed didn't work and that they had just gotten rid of his cellmate 
And, yeah. the, well, and the two guards fell asleep. Right. And never right. checked on him when never they were supposed to do it every Jam 15 minutes. And that technology. Ah, and they didn't they didn't have paper sheets in there so that he, you know, couldn't oh, hurt himself. That that uh, that almost never happens. Ah, what are there the hasn't, odds? There hasn't been a, a suicide before that one for 40 years at that facility. Wow. Well, ah, it's all coincidence. It really is. Amazing coincidence. See, now you're saying that, and I don't think you're, you don't sound like you mean it's a coincidence. Incidents. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's either <laughs> it's either that or everyone who has any power uh. was sleeping with little children uh with Jeffrey Epstein uh by their side and all of them went Okay, you fix the cameras. I'll fix the right. guards. You fix the sheets. You and... get rid of the cellmate. <laughs> right. Uh. And you go in and choke him to death, Hillary. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you think the contract killer was named Hillary? Huh. I, I, I don't weird. know. I don't that's, know. That's weird. That's totally unrelated to Hillary Clinton. Right. Right. For Hillary Clinton, that would be what? 49, 50? <laughs> oh, the 51. people that she killed? Yeah. Strangled yeah. to death with their sheets? <laughs> yeah, I think it's only 50 if you look at just the one she used the sheets to kill people. <laughs> If you include pr- plane crashes, it's a little bit yeah, higher. Yeah. Gunshots bit dragging higher. somebody across the park. It's a higher number. But 50 strangled with sheets, yes. <laughs> See you tonight on our special Facebook uh, and YouTube live 8 p.m.